0: This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Today's a special day as well because we are, we are sharing um, literally with hundreds and hundreds of churches across South Florida a message series that we've titled, As It Is in Heaven. And that's a significant uh, thing that I want us just to sit and just think about for just a minute. Because Darren didn't come up with a message title. Um, Other leaders within the Church United Space did, and this was across denominational lines. From Baptists to Presbyterians to non-denominational people to Episcopalians to... Whatever, whatever stream uh, these leaders have been brought up in. And the beautiful thing is that there was this unanimous cry, if you will, in the hearts of these leaders to see the kingdom of God come here to our South Florida region, and it look like what heaven looks like. And really, I think one of the, the most you know, just poignant things that comes to my mind is, is that it looks like a safe place. It looks like um, family. It looks like uh, an environment where hope lives. It, it looks like a, a, a place where the purposes and destinies and callings over each of our lives are seen to come to pass. But more than anything, I believe it's where death that has been conquered is truly and totally demolished from reigning over his people anymore, right? As it is in heaven. What a beautiful thing. You know, just today as we just take these last little few minutes, um, I only literally have two scriptures for you. You can say thank you, Pastor. Pastor. All right, two scriptures, that's it. And one that I actually never have seen before until we got into our Nehemiah series that I'm going to read to you out of Nehemiah chapter six. And really the reason I want to just show you this verse is because we're going to back up and we're going to to look at the bigger picture of what it took to get to this place. Because just a little context here, Nehemiah, who who was a contemporary to Ezra, Cupbearer of the king would be the one that would make the third and final return back to Jerusalem out of exile. And you gotta understand that, like, the state of Jerusalem had been in disrepair, disarray from external enemies and from internal enemies for decades upon decades. In fact, for 70 years, the people have been trying to see. The walls, which pre- pre- represent to me just protection and safety, and the gates restored, which represents access into real relationship with one another. Listen, this is not. Re- I don't. I don't dig religion. I'm not into into just the do's and don'ts of this thing called following God. Or I'm not. I don't. I'm not into the weirdness of of, of stuff. You know, in terms of you know. The, the, just the mystery of the kingdom of heaven. What I am into is like a safe place where people can have access to real relationships that, that bring value to their lives, that change their lives, and, and vice versa. Like, so honored by the, the recognition today. But was sitting here just thinking of of Wendy and I's journey of the last 20 years, there's no way we could have even gotten to this moment if it wouldn't have been all the team members and, and people that the Lord had brought here, different leaders that serve for different seasons. There is no way possible that we could have got to this moment without them, right? Life is symbiotic. It's 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 give and take, it's it's overflow of blessing. And when I'm down, you're up, and hopefully I need you in my life in that moment to help me, right? Like this is how we do things. And for 70 years they had tried to see something happen, and it just didn't. Every time they put their hand to something, it felt like they, they took one step forward and they took two steps back. You ever feel like that sometimes? where life sometimes is a battle, right? There's, there's a journey that we're on that 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 isn't always fun, and and you get into those moments where you feel like, oh my goodness, am I going to make it through this moment? And that's kind of where they were. Something happens in the life of this man, and the grace of God manifests, and look at this with me, Nehemiah chapter 6, verses 15 and 16, and this is Again, just when this popped out to me, I was like, wow, I'd never thought about this before never ever saw it in this way. But on October 2nd, they even named the date, the wall was finished just 52 days after they had begun. I'm going to come back to that number in just a minute, okay, because I see just imagery here and symbolism that I think hopefully will help us today. 52 days after we had begun. Now here's the most astonishing part. In verse 16, it said, When the enemies saw this happen, they were frightened and humiliated. Well, somebody, I think it's time for the devil himself to be both frightened and humiliated as it relates to any and everything he's tried or is trying or going to try to do to the children of God, those that have been made in His image, which is every single person in this world, even people outside of this building that don't even know God yet. Like, we need to be fighting for the destiny of people. Humiliated. (laughs) Frightened. Because they realized, look at this with me, this work had been done with the help of God. There's something about, and someone needs to hear this today, there's something about coming to the end of ourselves and letting God take over that's going to move us from where we're currently at into the more of what he's calling us to be. I don't know if I've ever felt a season like the one that we've just walked through, all the craziness of the political climate in our nation, the things that were happening within our country as it related to just racial things that were being highlighted and brought to the surface. Of course, boom, COVID, global pandemic happens. I still want someone just to pinch me and say, hey, just, just kidding, you know, just, just, just kidding, you know. It, just weird times, right? Different times. I think you could probably share your own story inserted within this, maybe this past season, of what you've been walking through, what, what has specifically been the thing um, in your life that's been painful or challenging when we were in North Carolina seeing our kids this, this, this last week, just for a few days, uh, one of our close pastor friends, his daughter, was driving. And she was driving at night home from being with her brother who was watching a house for, for a neighborhood friend. And there was a semi-truck parked on a two-lane interstate that was helping somebody who had ran out of gas, but unfortunately turned off the lights on the truck, and she hit into the back of the semi-truck without even braking at full speed. And I just thought, wow, in a moment, their whole world got turned upside down. But you know what I saw? And I reached out. I was like, Wendy, should I call them? It was 7 in the morning when I see the post from my friend. And I'm just like, that. forget it. I'm just going to call. You know, because let me tell you something. It's way better to take a risk and step out and show somebody that, you, that you're there for them than it is to just kind of wonder if you're imposing or whatever. You know, if they don't want to answer, they'll put you to voicemail. But listen, just the act of caring for somebody else in their, their place of need is powerful. And I feel like, God, we've, been, we've become in so many ways through the trials, through the trauma, through the pain, so introverted. And that's, a, that's probably a necessary season. But God wants us to break, break us out of that, to look around at those even outside that are hurting even worse than we are and see transformation come. But when I was talking to him, In the midst of this tragedy, there was such a desperation for God that I found so beautiful and so attractive. It's actually in some of our most difficult moments that the Lord, I believe, is positioning us to reign in life. To actually thrive and prosper in life. It's it's not like God's wanting to leave us in in the muck and the mire of the things that we walk through. Thinking of your own story. He's wanting to take you from that in to places. But there's got to be a desperation. Where we kind of come to the place where we're like, Lord, there is no other way than you. Nehemiah, even his word, his name, translated in Hebrew, it means comforter of Yahweh or Comforter. What comes to mind when you think about that, right? Holy Spirit, right? Like so here that that's literally what his name means. There was a moment over these people where they were being comforted by the help of God. God was present because th- this was it. This was the third and final attempt to actually see something transpire in the city. It's so ironic that here we are at 20 years, and I think I'm more desperate now for God to hold us and sustain us into the days to come than I ever have been. It's where I find myself. It's where Wendy and I find ourselves. It's where we're we're not like coasting right now, just enjoying all the the momentum of what has brought us here. It's actually quite the opposite. I feel so desperate for God to show up. And what I'm recognizing and realizing more and more, and this, this journey began, gosh, 20-plus years ago, is that I can't do this in my own strength and in my own ability. No matter how gifted we are, no matter what we bring to the table, we're not able in and of ourselves to get to the finish line. God has to meet us in our moment. I think you guys know my story. I wasn't raised in church. I never was brought up in any type of experience like maybe some of you have been like going to church on Sundays and I see the beauty in that as kids raised in Christian families and I also see the, the challenges in that right because you can be brought into spaces and never own those realities for yourself I don't wish some of the things that I had to go through in my journey on anybody, but I, what I will tell you is at the end of the day, there was one cry, and it was, God, if you're real, show yourself to me. And the one who came that I wasn't even expecting, honestly, being raised in an Irish Catholic background was Jesus. I thought he was some broken guy on the cross that, that really didn't have any power. He was, he was real, he was true, he was the son of God, but he was so distant from me. But God is an up-close and personal God, That wants to meet us. So, back story, and then we're gonna wrap this up. Prior to Ezra and Nehemiah, the Lord sent 12 judges to the nation of Israel, leading up to what we're seeing here in Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 15. 12 judges! And the purpose of these judges was to lead them back to God by renewing their passion for the Word, both the written Word and His voice, right? God speaks, and He's he's written things to us, but He also speaks in in other ways to our hearts that align with the Word, right? And they were trying to lead the people back to that. Secondly, they were called to bring justice back to the land again. Come on, is is there a cry in anybody else's heart? for justice to come in the world it just feels in so many ways like the enemy is winning right and that that, that bad things happen to good people and the wicked are prospering what if we got on our face and we we're like god we need your justice in this moment they were also called to rescue people from their internal enemies that's where I think there's, there's, there's the greatest work outside of our, all of our external enemies being defeated is our internal enemies. Like the things that, that, have, that have taken root in us because of our experiences and, and lies that have become truth to us and our inability even to stand and advocate on behalf of ourself because we just can't because we're so broken down from our own internal things. you got to be desperate and say, God, you got to come into those spaces. Well, Darren, you don't understand. God doesn't feel like a real safe space to me. You know, I've seen some weird stuff in church. There's been some really, you know, crazy people that acted like they knew God and they really didn't or, you know, whatever the story is. But this is your journey. This is your, your way of walking this thing out with God. And there has to be a space that we come to where we're like, Lord, you've got to come in and do something on the inside of me that nobody else can, right? Right? We can go see counselors, which are awesome. They help us to to discover things that that maybe we couldn't on our own. They help to be mediators between parties that that help to, to ultimately get some understanding, right? But Holy Spirit's the one that makes all those things go to where it really comes down to a place where there's breakthrough. Come on, somebody say breakthrough. Where there's breakthrough. We're not paralyzed by the same things that we've been paralyzed for 15, 20 years, Right? And then they were to establish them in the position of victory over any and all external enemies. God, I want to just say this, God is bigger than anything going on out there, y'all. Anything happening in the Ukraine or in China or in our economy or you name it, Our God is bigger than any of those enemies. And he is going to root us and establish us in such a profound way that we will not fear and turn inward. Because that's what the enemy wants. He wants you to isolate. He wants you to to self-protect. He wants you to, to go into an internal way. Like, I just got to get through this. I got to survive. When no, he wants to get in you and then begin to work through you outward to the rest of the world. Right? So 70 years. But weakness. And more weakness. And weakness. Again and again. Until Jeremiah came. Because what was different about him? What was different about him? That he goes on this third return from exile and 52 days later the whole wall is restored all the gates are rebuilt hundreds of years it had been where none of that had happened and in 52 days i think about the number 50 let me just hit that real quick is 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 that it's 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 the time between passover where where death passed over God's people. You remember in, in the story of Moses as they were coming out of Egypt? Because we're on this journey, right? The, the, whole, the whole thing about Nehemiah is we're on a journey to find a land, to build a city, to live in community, to, to see the righteousness of God that is in us prosper in all of our spaces, our workplaces, our neighborhoods, our families, where life flows and replaces death, right? So in, in, in Passover, that's where death passed over. But Pentecost, 50 days later, is where death was demolished once and for all. It wasn't that just passed over us. Now it's like it's, it's brought to its knees. Do you understand? There's a big difference. It's not just like death's reigning, just passing us over because we have this blood. No, now with this, with this one called Jesus, the, the, the final sacrifice, death has been destroyed completely well what about those other two days there and there's the 50 days i instantly thought about the day god created and the day god rested sandwiched in right there 50 days where death no longer was going to be able to even be allowed to even exist, but literally conquered. And it's because God created something that he had this beautiful purpose for called you and me and this world that we're born into. But then he wants us to come into the same place that he did at the end of it all. And that was rest. There's the 52. Matthew says this, and these are the words of Jesus as I wrap this up, and the band can come back. He says these words, and these words have been echoing in my heart for quite some time. He says, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Now, hold on. When Jesus says that you're blessed, do you get that? It means that you are blessed in your coming and in your going. You're not the tail, but you're the head. You're not, you're not, you're not a, a victim. Even your circumstances and what you've walked through, God is going to empower you because of his blessing over your life to get to where you're going, right? And he says, for these ones that basically poor in spirit means have need of God, he says, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What is that? Let's let's despiritualize that real quick. It literally means the rule of God on the earth as it is in heaven. We got four hundred churches today across our region. Hopefully, I'm praying, by God's grace, are going to come into some position of agreement with the Father on what his will is for this region. Even more importantly, what his will is for your life. What does he have for you? we got to drill down to that. What in the world were you made for? Why did he create you? There is no one else like you, and we need you. You have to get positioned into what you're called to do. There's no other way for us to get to where we're going. It's one unified tribe, because when, when you see this guy, Nehemiah, come into the city, it wasn't just him on the, on the wall, like, doing his little thing with, with his little, you know, hammer. No. There were thousands of people that took their place. Did everything get better? No. Enemies were still threatening. There was still some internal turmoil, Right. But they stayed there. And Nehemiah said, Guys, we can make it. Hold on. The kingdom of God is coming. From the time of creation to the moment where death was annihilated, the people could finally rest. today i don't know it was different today when i came in i felt so much peace in here when sometimes i felt so much turmoil just in the atmosphere what if god could bring us to a place of rest cuz you know what they would do when the enemies came in the previous generations leading up to this third return from exile they'd be out in their cities and then when the enemy came they'd go into their caves this time it was different. Okay, you're coming? We're going to get on the wall. And we're going to do it together. And they were just within earshot of each other. In other words, they could encourage one another. Hey, you got this. Hey, they're coming. I'm afraid. No, it's okay. We're going to make it. It's going to be Take your position on the wall. God is If God is for us, who can be against us, right? We got to come a little closer. We're not silos off each doing our own little piece of work. God has called us to do this thing together. It means 100% full desperation, which equates to uh, just a a position of buy-in. Because I think about this, we can, we can romanticize this story, but if you're a cupbearer, are you going to go to the king and ask him for a 52-day vacation, and by the way, give me your company credit card so I can buy all the things that we need to get this job done? And by the way, you know, while I'm away and you're not getting served by me, your, your, your normal cup of wine every day, can I take actually some of your people with you, with me to go and help, you know, remedy this situation? What boldness did it take for this man to come to that point? Desperation, fearlessness. I'm I'm closing with this. I believe that as people sitting in this room that God wants you to begin to cry out to him and say, Father, I need this. I need healing in my body. I need healing in my mind. I need healing in my heart. I need healing in my relationships. I'm tired of being stuck in where I'm at right now. Lord, would you give me clarity on what I'm supposed to do? We have not because we ask not. The enemy has silenced our voices. Made us cynical that if we do, is not even going to be heard, Right? There's a spirit that's trying to get you to give up. To not give birth to what's inside of you. But nothing will change that more than desperation for God to come. Sometimes you question your validity. Sometimes it makes you question, do you really have a voice? Sometimes it makes you question your authority. You are powerful. Makes you question the very destiny that you know is on the inside of you, and you just want to give up and turn the keys over to somebody else. Church, I'll close with this. It's time to embrace the protection and provision of the Lord and confidently move forward, knowing that He is our breakthrough, leading the way for us as both our frontal guard and our rear guard would you stand with me in just a holy moment to acknowledge the one who really needs to be honored and that's Jesus son of God Came and was humiliated and made to be a spectacle and a shame in the earth and the majority of people couldn't see his beauty they didn't value and honor what he brought to the earth but he modeled a life before the father that, that, that really has my attention And even on the cross, he was his his most excruciating moment. Can you imagine? Can't breathe. He has nails in his hands and in his feet, and he's able to look at the ones that he came for and say, "Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing." What kind of love is that? What kind of buy-in and passion is that? talk about the passion of the Christ, this is passion right here. Lord, forgive these ones. It didn't stop there, it spread from there. To Stephen, and then to each and every disciple save John.
1: To him who sits on the
0: throne and unto the lamb be blessing come on with me and glory and honor and power forever to him can you see it who sits above all of my circumstances And reigns above all things. Be blessing. I bless you even in this moment of weakness. Come on, someone needs to do this. Right now you feel completely weak. You may not even feel anything. But you tell God, even in this moment, I bless you. And I give you honor and glory and praise and dominion forever and ever. Because you are the eternal one. If we can lift that up, that just the chorus of that song just is in my heart right now, just just for one minute. Because it's important. Because as we see and behold what he possesses, it comes and begins to find its way into our little world. Because we forget. For generations they forgot until one man came and said, We can do this. And he asked the king for everything he needed. voice as we close, come on. This
1: moment, right now.
0: We will adore you. We will adore you. Just one minute. Just tell them just how much you adore him just lift up your voice and just say, God, if I didn't have you, I don't know where I'd be. You've captured, come on, you've captured my heart. You have my full attention. You have my full affection because you've given it to me. You've poured it out on me and I couldn't see it, but now I do, Lord, you have it.
1: Do you, Lord.
0: Where else can we go, Lord?
1: Sata, Corama Hifara. You alone.